Okay, all kidding aside, uh, this is starting to sound like The Godfather 3. Just when I think I'm out, they pull me back in. You remember that line that Michael Corleone issued when he thought he had finally gotten the Corleone family to go legitimate? Well, just when we finally thought we were done with masks and that no one would have the gall or the stupidity to try and force us to wear them again, that's precisely what is happening. Hi, everyone. I'm Jamie Dury, and welcome to another episode of the Jamie Dury Show podcast. If you have not already done so, please subscribe to the show. You can do so in one of three easy ways. You can either go to the Google App Store or the iTunes App Store, and you can simply download the free Podbean app, uh, which is our hosting service, and you can look up the Jamie Dury Show and subscribe that way, or you can just simply use your native podcast aggregator app, either on Google or iPhone, and simply search out the show directly and subscribe that way. Whichever way you choose, you can always leave reviews, leave comments. We really would like uh, a large number of reviews to start coming in. That would uh, greatly increase the show's exposure, and it would increase our ability to give you better offerings uh, throughout the course of the show. So please do that if you can. So what I'm referring to now is the CDC is noting a spike in supposed COVID cases. How much in terms of COVID fatalities? I don't think there's very much, but they're noting that New York cases have surged 24% in the last week. And now the CD is urging people to wear masks indoors in most communities across the state to help curb outbreaks straining local hospitals. I'm reading from this article now on uh, recordonline.com, the Times-Herald record. It says that New York reported 68,262 new COVID-19 cases in the week ending Sunday. That would be this past Sunday. Up from 55,149 the prior week. The uptick was fueled in part by the spread of a highly contagious Omicron subvariant that first emerged in central New York and the Finger Lakes region. But the Omicron subvariant didn't the Omicron variant didn't do very much. The subvariant, I'm sure, is probably even less lethal, although more contagious. New York is now ranked seventh among the states where the coronavirus was spreading the fastest on a per-person basis, according to USA Today Network analysis of John Hopkins University data. Nationally, COVID-19 cases increased about 21% from the week before. All right, so we're at 24%. Big deal. With a total of 605,127 new cases. Across the country, 47 states had more cases in the latest week than they did the week before. New York State Health Commissioner Dr. Mary Bassett on Friday called on people to wear masks indoors in public spaces in 45 of the 62 counties in New York deemed at high risk due to COVID-19 outbreaks straining hospitals. I'd like to know how they're straining the hospitals. I had COVID. I had the Omicron. It wasn't really that big a deal. It certainly didn't require me to go to a hospital. And I'm no spring chicken either. I would think the younger and healthier you are, the even the less likely you'd be affected. I was a little under the weather for about a day, and that was it. Okay, they're saying that this is high risk. They're straining hospitals. That's up from 36 high-risk counties a week prior. 
As we closely monitor the numbers and as case levels remain high across the state, now is the time for every New Yorker to get vaccinated and boosted. Boy, they just won't back off this vaccination and boosting stuff. They'll do anything to scare you into getting vaccinated. I'm going to follow up uh, by giving you some information about vaccinations and vaccine efficacy, which sort of undercuts this whole argument here. People should also, quote, test following exposure or symptoms and stay home if unwell, even if you initially test negative on an at-home test. You know, if we did this throughout my life, everybody staying home when they had a cold, everybody staying home when they had the flu, none of us would ever have a natural immune system and nothing would ever get done. Everybody's supposed to crash on their sofa and do nothing every time they feel a little sniffle. That's the softness of a society. This latest wave of COVID-19 infections began in early April, and experts suggested the true scope of the outbreak remains difficult to track, in part because few counties attempt to track the cases. While high COVID-19 vaccination rates, especially among older and vulnerable groups, appear to have kept hospitalizations lower than prior waves, lie, The ongoing spring surge has seen thousands of New Yorkers hospitalized due to COVID-19. But last week offered a glimmer of hope as the number of likely COVID-19 patients admitted to hospitals declined nearly 10 percent, falling to 4,104. So this is sort of like a contradiction. Here they're telling us that the cases are up and they're straining the hospitals. But how are they straining the hospitals if hospitalized patients declined by 10%. If they're not admitting as many people, how is it straining the hospitals? Because they're getting seen? What's to see? You see them, you give them the standard advice, go home, stay isolated, drink plenty of fluids. If you haven't gotten vaccinated, get vaccinated. That's what they tell you. They don't want to give you any therapeutics in here in New York. Ever since Il Duce was the governor and decided to arbitrarily um, this, you know, deem uh, therapeutics is ineffective. We all know that's not true. I'm um, one of that thing they call it, imervectin, all these things they had, the, the, the uh, hydroxychloroquine. These things worked, and they're still working. Now, vaccinations, they say, also help prevent a spike in COVID-19 deaths during the current surge. Now, Monday, they marked 1 million lives lost to COVID-19. Now, when you really look at that, it's probably not 1 million lives lost to COVID-19 because 100,000 or more didn't have to die at all if they weren't sent to nursing homes and infecting the people that were already there. That's another matter. New York reported 437 deaths since April 1st. Uh, That's not exactly a big deal. And the counties you can see surrounding the city, obviously a little more densely populated, so a little more numbers. But all of this, all of this panic, all of this angst, urging us to wear masks again, and uh, telling us we're all going to die. Let's look at this other article that I wanted you to read. This is something you don't get as much publicity about because it doesn't follow the narrative that the media, which is the publicity department of the Democratic National Party, 
uh, want you to hear. We now know that we have higher COVID-19 infection rates among vaccinated children than among unvaccinated children. This according to the CDC. Now, why would we want to believe anything the CDC says, since they just seem to be incapable of telling the truth? But I venture to say that they're likely to be telling the truth in this case only because it doesn't follow something that they would like to see. They would like to be able to tell you that infection rates among the vaccinated are lower than the unvaccinated, but they can't, which makes me wonder why they even bothered to release this information. Maybe somebody leaked it. A lot of leaking going on in Washington lately. But anyway, in this article in the Times, according to data released from, by the Centers of Disease Control and Prevention, higher COVID-19 case rates have been recorded among fully vaccinated children than unvaccinated children in the age group 5 to 11 since February. This is the group they want you to get all these kids vaccinated for, 5 to 11, little kindergartners. Even though the doctor who invented this mRNA messenger technology tells you don't get it. Now, there's been a lot of talk about the vaccine. Some people say it leaves permanent damage in people. Uh, I suppose there's a little truth to it. Maybe there's not a little truth to it. Everybody has an axe to grind. But I'll say this much. Let's assume that the vaccines are safe for adults. Let's assume that. Let's assume give the benefit of the doubt that the government is not poisoning us. Let's assume that. Dr. Robert Malone is the chief medical and regulatory officer for the Unity Project. Now, he's the man who invented messenger mRNA therapeutics in 1988. Now, that is the science, the technology that was used to create the vaccine for COVID-19. Only Johnson & Johnson is actually injecting you with a traditional type of vaccine, meaning taking a dead COVID-19 virus and injecting it into your body so that your body manufactures antibodies for the virus. This is injecting you with a synthesized COVID-19, basically exterior cell structure without the interior cell structure. And a lot of people have um, expressed a degree of apprehension about this technology, but he's said that it's fairly safe for adults. But even he, the inventor of the technology, is urging all parents to abstain from vaccinating their children with the, quote, irreversible inoculation that could permanently damage their critical organs, reproductive systems, and immune systems. Now, I reported on this back when this first came out. This article I'm reading from now, quoting this man, was published on Christmas Day of last year, 2021. He says the public is being misled about the vaccine's efficacy and effects. Parents, before you inject your child, a decision that is irreversible, I wanted to let you know the scientific facts about this genetic vaccine, which is based on the mRNA vaccine technology I created. Now, he's an internationally recognized physician, and he outlines basically three issues parents should consider before complying with the government coercion to vaccinate their children. First, is that a viral gene will be injected into your children's cells. This gene forces your child's body to make toxic spike proteins. 
This protein can cause permanent damage in children's critical organs, including their brain and nervous system, their heart and blood vessels, including blood clots, their reproductive system, and this vaccine can trigger fundamental changes to their immune system. The most alarming part about this is that these damages, once they occur, are irreparable. You can't fix lesions within their brains. You can't repair heart tissue scarring. You can't repair a genetically reset immune system. And this vaccine could cause reproductive damage that could infect future generations of your family. This is from the man who invented this technology. The second thing you need to know about this is the fact that this novel technology has not been adequately tested. We typically need at least five years of testing and research before we can really understand the risks of new medicines or vaccines. Harms and risks from new medicines often become revealed many years later. So ask yourself if you want your own child to be part of the most radical medical experiment in history. And his final point, the reason they are giving you to vaccinate your child is a lie. So despite the risks that he just outlined, he's giving you the biggest reason not to do it. The whole premise upon which they're telling you that this would be good for your child is untrue. It's a lie. Your children represent no danger to their parents or grandparents. It's actually the opposite. Their immunity after getting COVID is critical to save your family, if not the world, from this disease. In summary, there is no benefit for your children or your family to be vaccinating your children against the small risk of this virus, given the known health risk of the vaccine that is apparent you and your children may have to live with for the rest of their lives. The risk-benefit for this vaccine isn't even close for the children. As a parent and grandparent, my recommendation to you is to protect your children and do not give them this unproven vaccine. Now, the left is trying to label this man as a conspiracy theorist, but he's the man who invented the technology. So if he tells me, you know, for you, it's not a bad idea. You may be at risk for the disease. And I guess part and parcel of it is, has to do with the fact that as adults, we're sort of fully formed. You know, our brains are fully developed, our heart and lungs are fully developed, our organs, everything, we're fully developed. But children are still growing. And apparently there's something about this vaccine and the way it can act within the human body that leads Dr. Malone to believe or has proven to Dr. Malone uh, that they constitute a clear and unacceptable risk for your children as they're still in their formative years. So since the death rate among children has been so unbelievably low as to not even be statistically significant. I see no reason to vaccinate my son just to satisfy the appetite for power on the part of some government bureaucrat, and I will not vaccinate them. Now back to the original article about the higher infection rates. We digressed. I wanted to digress when I talked about the vaccination. Uh, and the children who have been vaccinated being more affected by COVID than those who have been unvaccinated. They have a lot of statistical data here. Now, children 
5 to 11 only became eligible for this vaccine in November of last year. And there are about a total of under 30 million children in this age group across the nation. Only about 29% of those children have been fully vaccinated, according to the Mayo Clinic. Now, the data from the CDC also shows gap in rates of cases between fully vaccinated and unvaccinated has become increasingly smaller among other age groups. The death rates now show the same trend between fully vaccinated and unvaccinated for people above 50. For people under 50 years old, the death rates have not much difference since the rollout of the vaccine. So isn't this interesting? For people above 50, the death rate gap is now closing between people who have been vaccinated and people who have not been vaccinated. And if you're under 50, but you're above childhood age, which is a huge percentage of the population, maybe the bulk of it, the death rates haven't differed in any way, shape, or form since the vaccine was first rolled out. So ask me something. Well, let me ask you something. Why the hell are we taking it? If no one's dying in any greater numbers, why are we taking it? The data now show that COVID-19 vaccines have, quote, a negligible effect on people. So says Dr. Peter McCullough, renowned cardiologist and epidemiologist, quote, with these results in hand, it is clear the vaccines are having a negligible effect in populations. Given the overall poor safety profile and lack of any assurances on long-term safety, Americans should be cautious in considering additional injections of these products. Now, does that sound like a radical or unreasonable position to take based on the statistical data that the CDC itself is giving you? After all, if, if we knew for a fact that if you got COVID, there's a 10% or 15% chance you're going to drop dead. And if you get these vaccines, even though there are health risks associated with the vaccines, uh, if you think 10 or 15% death risk is too much of a risk to accept, look, I'll take the health risk of the vaccine. If you're telling me that taking the vaccine reduces my death risk to 1%. Yes, I can see people taking it then. I might even be disposed to want to take it myself and get boosters. But with an indistinguishable death rate from the vaccinated to the unvaccinated, why on earth would I take a vaccine that does nothing? I've taken vaccines all my life. I've never been opposed to them. Taken vaccines for the polio, taken vaccines for measles, I've taken vaccines for any one of a number of things, even the seasonal flu once. But they were supposed to work. This vaccine isn't working. It's not working at all. Now, the CDC, they're trying to re- say that there are several factors that have contributed to this phenomenon in the age 5 to 11 group. Well, several factors likely to affect crude case rates by vaccination and booster dose status, making uh, interpretation of recent trends difficult. Limitations include higher prevalence of previous infection among the unvaccinated and unboosted group, difficulty in accounting for time since vaccination and waning protection, possible differences. Uh, Pfizer's vaccine is the only one that can be administered to the 5 to 17 group. That's pretty slick when you consider that most of the people 
who have had trouble from the vaccine. Every time I seem to read a story about it, it's always associated with the Pfizer vaccine. So I find it almost laughable that the Pfizer vaccine is the one that's been approved for age 5 to 17. CDC is assessing whether to continue using these case rate data to provide preliminary information on vaccine impact. You can say all you want about what are the varying factors that may be determining why there's no difference in uh, infection rate among the vaccinated and the unvaccinated children. But what about all this other data affecting people in their 50s, people above 50, people below 50, that says there's no difference in the death rates? with the vaccine, without the vaccine. I'm telling you right now, by the time this thing is all said and done, when enough time has passed from the pandemic, which we're still in the midst of, according to the politicians who want you to believe we're in the midst of it, when enough time has passed, this is going to go down as the biggest, biggest hustle in the history of the United States government. This hustle to get everybody vaccinated. Look, I don't blame President Trump. This sort of thing was dumped into his lap. It fell into him the last year of his administration. The news media was whipping up the population into a frenzy, letting you believe that this thing was more serious and more deadly than it actually was. And so the public was glamour was a clamoring, a glamoring, clamoring for salvation. They were clamoring for a vaccine. They were clamoring from anything that would would uh, rescue them from this uh, manufactured pandemic and allow them to return to normalcy. So he did everything he could in terms of unleashing uh, pharmaceutical um, uh, innovation, and these companies developed these vaccines. But now with the passage of time, as we learn more and more about the vaccine, I don't think that if President Trump were president today, he'd be pushing for a vaccine. And the fact remains that even with these vaccines, which were invented under the auspices of Trump, but not largely available until almost the first of the year after when he was just about out of office. So basically, Trump was operating with no vaccines for, his, for most of his time with the, with the COVID virus. Um, the Biden administration has more deaths going on in this country with all of the vaccines than Trump had. So this has been a, a folly. This has been a folly. Now, what I still don't know, and I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop, is I want to see if someone comes up with a connection between the Communist Chinese Party and the Democratic Party to deliberately infect the United States with the COVID-19 virus as part of a grand plan so they can institute all these election reforms and therefore manipulate election, which you're not even allowed to mention. You can't even allow to suggest that this senile old bastard who's peeing and pooping in his pants on a regular basis and needs somebody to wipe his butt, is wearing diapers, um, who stayed in his basement, you expect us to believe that he got 81 million votes and beat Donald Trump? That Donald Trump lost because he was unpopular? Unpopular presidents don't increase their vote total from their original election by 11 million votes. They just don't do it. These votes that Biden got were manufactured. You had more total votes than you had registered voters. It just can't be done. The mathematics prove it. And Dinesh D'Souza's new movie, 2000 Mules, gives you even more evidence of it. So this is going to show... This was a hoax. Like I said, I still want to see if the shoe drops to find out if they collaborated, 
the Democratic Party and the Chinese to put this upon us? Or did the Chinese just do it deliberately because they wanted to screw Trump? Or did it just accidentally get out of the lab, spread all over the world, and the Democrats, true to that chap who used to work for Obama and became the mayor of Chicago, Rahm Emanuel, let's not let a good crisis go to waste. They used that excuse to control an election. But one thing we know for sure, from the CDC's own mouth, we now know the vaccines aren't worth a piss hole in the snow. Don't give it to your children. If you've already taken it, I took it because I thought in my businesses I wasn't going to be allowed to work if I didn't take it. I regret having taken it. I will never take a booster. I will never take another vaccine. I don't trust them anymore. This has been a terrible, terrible thing that the government has perpetrated upon us. But definitely, you may have done it because you felt you needed to work, you needed to be able to provide for your family. Your children don't need to have this thing foisted upon them. Do not give your children this vaccine. The risk of them get, uh, getting seriously ill from COVID-19 is next to nothing. The risk from them dying of COVID-19, you probably have a better shot of buying a winning lottery ticket this Friday. Don't do it. Don't do it. But the risk of something very serious happening to them long term and somehow uh, happening in ways that we can't even foresee yet is far greater. And that makes it all the more sinister. So don't be panicking out there. Fight your co-op boards in Manhattan when they try and tell you they're reinstituting this ridiculous mass policy. It doesn't work. It's never worked. It's not going to work. Let everybody go out. Get the damn thing if you're not a person at risk. Get the immunity and be done. Those of you who are at risk, stay home. Let us all get it, which they should have done. And then once we've all gotten it, nobody would have it anymore and there'd be nobody for you to get it from. What a bunch of crap. For the Jamie Dury Show, I'm Jamie Dury.